reflecting on Sama Sankapa, right thought, right resolution, right intention. This is the second factor of the Eightfold Path. Right thinking. With respect to the realm of thought, before we even consider guiding thought in any particular direction, it's important to recognize what's the fundamental attitude towards thinking within us. Do we find it fascinating? Stressful, just agitating. Do we wish that our thoughts would just shut up, go away? Wouldn't it be nice if the mind was just quiet? How do we relate to thinking? Thoughts are very anxious, worried about the future. Endlessly replaying the past, revisiting, recreating the past. Filled with regret, nostalgia, remembering how it used to be, creating other worlds in our imagination. Judging other people, judging ourselves, praising, criticizing. These minds have powerful habits of thinking. But thought is just another sense object. The eye perceives light, the ears perceive sounds, the nose smells odors, the tongue tastes flavors. Body experiences sensations, the mind perceives thoughts. Thought is just another sense object. One of the difficulties with thinking in the realm of thought is that we take all of our thoughts to be true and to be personal. But in essence, why are they any more who and what we are than the the color of the tiles on the floor of the temple, the temperature of the winds, this wintry March weather. It's just another sense object. Why do we give it meaning? What does the morning sunshine mean? What does the, the color of the snow mean? It doesn't mean anything, just is what it is. It has this particular impact. That's all. We don't have to add more to it than that. So in terms of establishing a skillful attitude towards thought, primarily the thing that is most helpful is to 
learn not to take our thoughts seriously, not to take them personally, not to assume that they're telling the truth. Just as if you're sitting in a place with a TV going, maybe in a departure lounge of an, an airport, or visiting a family home, there's a TV going on in the background. You didn't choose the station, you're not particularly interested in the program. You can understand the content of the words, you can recognize the movements of the, the people going to and fro. But you're not particularly interested, it doesn't have any particular value or meaning. It's not personal, it just happens to be occurring within the field of your experience. That's all. Now we can relate to our own thoughts with exactly that kind of non-personal appreciation. It's just a thought. This is a mind, it's a body, there's a mind, there's a human life. The mind creates thoughts. So? So what? Why should they have a particular meaning or value? Just like the, the color of the morning sky or the temperature of the wind. The warmth of the morning sunshine. It's just this. Nothing needs to be added to it. It's not a personal issue. It's just thinking. Just another sense object. So in that way we can receive thought, know thought with the same kind of uh, loving kindness, the same kind of uh, acceptance as we do the feeling of the wind or the warmth of the sun or the color of the tiles. It's just this. It can be an open-hearted acceptance of thought just the way it is. Beautiful thoughts, ugly thoughts, neutral thoughts, wise thoughts, practical thoughts, crazy thoughts, weird thoughts, memories, ideas, just like the, the color of the sunlight or the tone of the wind, feeling of the tiles, just this. Nothing more to add to it than that. Here it is, this thought, this idea, this memory. So the basic attitude is one of acceptance, open-heartedness. Then the Buddha laid out a, a simple practice that he himself had used before his own enlightenment. He calls the two kinds of thinking. He just he describes how he made a simple division of his thoughts into two categories. Thoughts that were related to selfishness and aversion, restlessness, desire, ill will, cruelty. Those, those particular thoughts he put on one side. And thoughts that were connected with kindness, with compassion, with benevolence, thoughts that were connected with harmlessness, unselfishness, and he put those on another side. So on this basis of acceptance, 
open-heartedness to the, the thoughts, ideas, memories we have. Then having received them, known them, then there's a discrimination, a discerning. Is this harmful? Is this afflictive? Destructive? If this pattern of thinking is followed, where's it going to go? Is it going to create more agitation, confusion, getting lost in a fantasy, getting lost in a worry, getting lost in a plan, project, getting lost in longing for how it could have been if only things had been different in the past? If that train of thought is heading in that direction, get off the train. Don't give it any more energy. Be attentive to that destructive, afflictive quality. That's not a direction you need to go. It's going to lead to confusion, harm, conflict to yourself and others. Get off the train. Don't go that way. If the train of thought is leading towards calmness, peacefulness, non-contention, stay on the train. Keep going in that direction. That train of thought will lead towards what is pacifying, calming, clarifying. Leads away from confusion towards Nibbāna away from conflict towards concord. Stay on that train. That's the direction to, to take. This is a very, very simple practice. And the, the Buddha describes this is the way he guided his own mind. Working with his own mind before his enlightenment. If we wish to establish that factor of the path, the Sama Sankapo, right intention, right resolution, right thinking, skillful thinking, then this is the, the basic work of it to recognize the unwholesome, let go of it, leave it alone, don't give it any more energy. To recognize the wholesome, feed it, nurture it, sustain it. Now when we practice this quality of right thinking, samasankapo, that's practiced in a, developed in a skillful way, then what guides that discrimination, that discerning, is mindfulness and wisdom. It's based on a recognition. If the mind goes in this direction, it goes towards confusion, conflict. It goes in that direction, it goes towards peacefulness, clarity. So that discrimination is not me choosing. It's not based on self-view. It's not based on I want to get this or I'm afraid of that or I hate that and I want to get this. If it's developed skillfully, and that discerning, that choosing, is solely based on mindfulness and wisdom. Recognizing 
If you go north, you'll get to Leighton Bussett. If you go south, you'll get to Hamel Hempstead. Where do you want to go? It's not a personal thing. It's just discerning which direction is the most helpful, appropriate direction to go. If our practice is based on self-view and habits, then it gets taken over by I, uh, I don't want to be this way, I used to be like that, and I want to get rid of it, I hate those thoughts, I'm afraid of getting caught up in this, I have to get away from it, I have to stop feeling angry, I've got to, I've got to wipe that out, my angry habits, I've got to become concentrated, I've got to become kind and loving. Those noble intentions get hijacked by self-view. I've got to get rid of, I've got to become. We bhavatamna. I've got to get rid of. I can't stand. I hate. I've got to get away from. It's all vibhavatamna, the desire to get rid of. I've got to become peaceful, got to become concentrated, got to develop the path. Pavatamra. I should, I must, I've got to, I want to, I'm going to. Though it's a subtle difference, but it makes all the difference in the world. If that choosing is based on mindfulness and wisdom, there's an ease, a peacefulness, a lack of agitation and urgency. Progress is made, the skillful is developed, and the unskillful is let go of. But it's not cast in the form of me getting somewhere, or my practice improving, me getting rid of my defilements. Simply that the, the quality of this life is guided towards what is beneficial, what's wholesome, what's noble. Away from what is destructive, confusing, afflictive. So that takes some attention. Seeing how the habits of self-view, eye-making and mind-making, so easily take over the effort in meditation. To notice that, to see where those habits of self-creation, eye-making, mind-making, see how they try to take shape, let go of them. Clarify the intention, clarify the, the basis of effort. So then that directing of thought is not based on fear or aversion, based on craving or desire, but solely based on mindfulness and wisdom, the attunement of the heart to the reality of this moment. Then look at the results. If that choosing, cultivation of the skillful direction for thought, that's based on mindfulness and wisdom, it's non-personal. How does it feel? 
How does that sit in the heart? Even as effort is being made, and you know, there's a recognition, well, you know, you're heading in the right direction, you're heading south. The sun is in front of us. There's a, an ease, a peacefulness, a clarity. We see the results for ourselves. Similarly, if that choosing is based on self-view, and I've got to get this, and I've got to get rid of that, you see that that habit has been followed, look at the result of that. When it's me practicing to get something, me trying to get rid of this to become that. How does that feel? Just bring attention to the heart. Notice that quality of entanglement, agitation, the heart in a kind of restricted, knotted up state. I've got to, I should, I must, I can't, I ought to. I don't know about you, but for me, when the, when the mind gets caught up in that way, there's a tight, tangled, stressful quality to it. Well, notice that. That's the clue. And direction is being given in an unskillful way, based on I and mine, self for you. If that's the case, then let go. Let go of the habits of self-creation, I-making, mind-making. Re-establish the basis of mindfulness and wisdom. So we get to know the contrast. Get to know the way of working skillfully with the mind. How to give direction. How to cultivate the wholesome. Let go of the unwholesome. And for that work, not to be stressful, not to be a, a burden to be something that is refreshing, enjoyable. Just going for a long walk in the afternoon. No hurry, no rush. Just enjoying the walk. Effort is being made, but there's no burden. There's no stressing, no tensing around it. It's delightful.